Hi everyone and welcome to The Quiet Living Room, a podcast by Quiet Social Club. Welcome to a space where your well-being is a priority, where we bring you the best of science-based self-care, the tools and techniques so you can make space for you every day. Today's episode is quite a special one. You might have noticed that it's been a little bit more quiet than usual on this podcast over the last few weeks. We've actually been preparing the launch of the very first Quiet Social Club product for home use. And I'm very excited to share with you the news that you will soon be able to enjoy mindful me time every day. So if making science-based self-care a daily lifestyle sounds interesting to you, subscribe to our newsletter. The link is in the description below and I look forward to seeing you there. From the very beginning of this podcast, we really jumped right into it. Every week we practice the different type of guided meditation together, from loving kindness and mindful breathing to morning meditation with positive affirmations and an evening meditation with binaural beats. We even brought meditation and mindfulness into our mealtimes with a guided mindful eating exercise. Over this time, we received quite a few messages from you about how you can develop your meditation practice and how to get started if you haven't yet. So this week, we want to dedicate the space to meditation, the theory. We will talk about the different types of meditation that are out there. We will uncover some facts that are not so commonly known about meditation. And at the end of this episode, we will bring you a few tips from practitioners who've been meditating for years on how to really make the most of your practice. Even though in the West, meditation has only really gained popularity in the last few decades, as a practice, it's been around for centuries. Some archaeologists even date the practice back as early as 5000 BCE. For a lot of us, when we think of meditation, one of the first images that will come to mind is that of a monk meditating peacefully in solitude on a secluded mountaintop. A very idyllic image, but probably very removed from our everyday life. In fact, in the past, meditation has often been portrayed as something that is quite difficult to incorporate into our modern, busy lifestyles. Something that seems quite removed from a life with laptops and phones. I still remember when I started meditating, you could only really find books on meditation in the spirituality aisle at bookstores. Luckily, this has really changed and now you can find all kinds of resources on meditation, whether it's apps or books or guided meditation videos. The things we know about meditation are also becoming more nuanced. It's not just this abstract thing anymore. For example, what we now know is that meditation is not just a spiritual practice, but it's really a form of mental training that you can see in brain scans. Meditation is not just one activity, but it's a toolbox and a way to explore yourself and your mind. We now also know that there are many different types of meditation, whether it's loving kindness, mindfulness meditation, movement meditation, mantra meditation. There's so many different types and there's increasing evidence that different types of meditation will affect different mental states. Researchers at the Max Planck Institute for Human Cognitive and Brain Sciences in Leipzig, Germany, for example, looked at three different types of meditation in a study. 
mindful breathing, loving kindness, and observing your thoughts without getting attached to them or getting carried away by them. They found that mindful breathing had a calming and relaxing effect on the body, but surprisingly the other two did not. The loving-kindness meditation, on the other hand, produced a positive mood and feeling of connectedness to the people around you, whilst mindful breathing and observing your thoughts did not. The research on meditation is still in its initial stages, but there's more and more studies out there that show us how different types of meditation produce different results in our mind and body. And it's not just that they produce different kinds of effects, they also do this in different time spans. Some studies, for example, found that practicing loving-kindness for just seven minutes would boost a person's sense of social connection and mood overall, even if just for a short time. Research is also increasingly clear on the fact that the longer we practice meditation, the more months we practice meditation, the more resilient and the more undisturbed by outside factors our mind gets. And I think this is very encouraging and proves that keeping up our practice is really worth it. Now, I think that we could all agree that if asked, we'd probably say yes to a calm and peaceful mind, a mind that can ignore distractions and that can focus on things that help us move forward emotionally. All of these things being benefits of a regular meditation practice. But one thing that frequently happens, and I think we can all relate to this, is that You start meditating, you keep it up for a few weeks or months, and then you stop. Now, everyone might have different reasons for doing this. It could be a full schedule, or it could be that you decide meditation is not for you. But one reason that scientists keep seeing again and again is that when we first start meditating, there is this excitement of trying something new. You have heard the benefits of meditation and now you want to give it a try yourself. Perhaps you even experience these benefits that you've heard about. But as you keep practicing, there will be this gap between the long-term effects of meditation on your mental state of mind that you can only really reach within months of practice and the very initial few weeks of excitement of trying something new. And Seth Godin calls this the dip although he applies this to a different context, I still think this really applies to meditation too. I think it's really important to keep reminding ourselves that we are on a journey, that there will be days when we don't feel motivated to meditate, and there will be days when we feel like we just can't stay focused. Let's try to meditate through these days with compassion and patience for ourselves. Keep reminding yourself that this is a journey And the effects will show with consistent practice. These examples and more research on meditation is cited in Daniel Goleman and Richard Davidson's book, Altered Traits. And to date, I think this is one of the most comprehensive books on meditation and the research on meditation out there. Really looking at a wide range of insights and studies. And I can totally recommend it for meditation beginners as well as experienced practitioners. The benefits of meditation to our mental, physical, and emotional health are undeniable. It can help us regulate our emotions, better manage negative thought patterns. It can reduce anxiety, lower blood pressure, and even improve sleep. And to make sure that you are really off to the best start with your meditation practice, we want to now finally share some tips with you by the team and meditation practitioners who have, as they say, already walked the walk. 
Tip number one is something we already talked about briefly, and that's be compassionate with yourself and enjoy the journey. We go into meditation often imagining the destination, the image of this calm, peaceful monk, unfazed by anything that life throws at them. We imagine our mind no longer wandering and staying completely clear, focused, and present. But when we do this, we forget that meditation itself is the journey and the destination. It's the means and the end. Every day you sit down to meditate is a decision to take care of your mental well-being. Something that Goleman and Davidson say in their book Altered Traits is that valuing just the highs misses the true point of practice, to transform ourselves in lasting ways day to day. Tip number two, be okay with starting small. We often hear about the ideal meditation time. And if you've spoken to Vipassana retreat attendees, they will tell you that the ideal time is around two hours a day. But really the best time to start with is the time you actually will be able to commit to every day. If that is five to ten minutes, then this is your ideal time to get started with. Um, there's actually a beautiful quote by the Buddha that really shows the value of small steps, which we sometimes forget. Drop by drop is the water pot filled. Likewise, the wise man, gathering it little by little, fills himself with good. So let's celebrate all the little steps on the way. Tip number three is one that really changed my practice and that I picked up out of a Vipassana retreat in Hong Kong. That's if you notice your mind wandering or if you might notice yourself falling asleep, take a deep breath and really follow the air entering your body. Put all your focus on how the air feels below your nose and above your lips, how it enters through your nose and breathe like this very deeply a couple of times, maybe even a little bit faster until your mind feels more focused again. And the other tip for the body, and this is a tip I received from a monk in Nepal, um, and that also really changed my practice, is that you don't need to close your eyes completely. To some of us, it's actually quite hard to stay awake during meditation. So a trick to use here is to keep your eyes a tiny bit open as if you want to just see enough daylight, but not enough to see what it is you're seeing in front of you. Tip number four is have a specific place and a specific time where you meditate. It's actually much easier to stick to routine if we have a clear idea about what this routine is, if we really define it. Because we want to make meditation a daily habit, decide on a time in your day where you think it will be realistic for you to commit to it. I think personally the morning is a great time since it also allows you to set an intention for the day to really prime your mind. But really you can meditate at any point during the day. Find a place in your home that is calm and quiet. Meditating in bed might sound relaxing at first, but this is still a time where you want to clear and focus your mind mind and you don't want to fall asleep. So a lot of practitioners suggest to choose a place that is not your bed. Tip number five, our final tip and something we've already talked about briefly as well, is come back every day even if you don't feel like it. Meditation will not always be easy and we can feel discouraged when we meditate days on end 
and our mind keeps heading to our grocery list, yes, it will happen on some days, but the benefits of meditating every day are proven and it is this daily practice that will really yield results. If you miss a day or two, it's totally fine. Just start again. We don't want to fall into the trap of self-judgment or over-optimization, but try to bring some consistency into your practice nonetheless, especially in the first few weeks and months. And you will soon realize that just like healthy food, the benefits of this practice show themselves with consistency and patience over time. Now, this concludes our list of myths and tips for your meditation practice. We hope you found them valuable and that you're inspired to make meditation a daily practice and that you join us again for guided meditation next week. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to receive notifications about new episodes and definitely subscribe to our newsletter to receive quality content on science-based self-care very occasionally in your inbox. We will also be sharing much more info about the launch there soon. Have a great week, everyone, and see you next time.